0: And then I had an aha moment after that last project, you know, I got a team together, I got a designer to help with some design assets. I have a marketing person that helps with all the marketing and then a scrum master and myself. So the four of us really worked together on what this program will look like. We went through and developed a core curriculum and then we thought, you know what, that's good. That's great. That'll cover everything. But what about if someone has specifics? That, that's where we're trying to hit, um, trying to help people with those things that seem obvious to other people, but, but maybe it's not obvious to them. My name is Matt Dixon and I'm founder and CEO of Front Range Systems and also the Code Program.
1: This is Code Story, the podcast bringing you interviews with tech visionaries who share in the critical moments of what it takes to change an industry and build and lead a team that has your back. I'm your host, Noah Labhart, and today how Matt Dixon created a customized coaching program to instill growth cultures in tech teams. All this and more on Code Story. Matt Dixon grew up job hopping before eventually starting his own business. He is married with five kids, on purpose he says, one daughter and four sons. He loves to eat, spend time with his family, mountain bike, and travel with his wife to new places. They just moved to Nashville from the Colorado Springs area. He found that starting his own business was the best way to find freedom to be present for his family. For a personal foundation, he likes to live with no regrets. Matt has been in the tech industry for nearly 21 years and started front-range systems building software for bidding customers. He found that post-difficult projects, he started to figure out that the best way to improve a project was to improve the team, the entire team as a whole. This is the creation story of the Code Program.
0: I've been in uh, the tech industry for a well, little since 2000, so 21 years Uh, You know, like I said, I job hopped, then I started front range systems and, you know, everything was great. And then we had a few projects that were really difficult in a row. And we tried to look at that, you know, what could I have done better, right? We always, you know, with like a a retrospective at the end of a sprint, what could we do better? What could we keep doing and things like that? And I couldn't figure out how that project could have been more successful other than embracing the whole team not just my part of the team but you know the the client as well and helping them manage their project and helping us manage the project and managing the team together so that's where that came from is is you know a couple tough projects where we thought we were successful the client didn't and just trying to understand their perspective and say well if we could coach the entire team if we had everyone on board the management the developers the designers QA and teach them how to work better together, would that be more successful? And it has a lot of applications too, but right now we're focusing on the tech industry because that's what we know. You know, I, I can speak geek with anyone and we have good uh, co- other coaches as well that that are in the project management side of things, you know, scrum masters and things like that. And they can they can speak to that side of the thing. So it's a customized coaching program. You know, coaching is all the rage right now. We have personal coaches and business coaches, but there aren't a lot of team coaches. So it's, you know, Olympic athletes, they all have coaches, but we don't really. We don't have coaches as teams. We don't have people saying, well, if you would have said this a little differently, or let's focus on this piece so that your team can be more effective together. That's really what it's about. Taking a look at the situation, taking a look at the strengths of the team and building on those and making the team even better than they are right now.
1: Well, tell me about the MVP. You know, normally, you know, MVP is minimum viable product, right? Uh, maybe it's this minimum viable program. You know, uh, tell me how long it took you to build and how you got there and what sort of, you know, tools, quote unquote, you used to bring it to life.
0: We're still in an MVP stage. This is a, a fairly new idea that I had. Um, so I had it last year, probably, tr- probably towards the end of the last year. Um, and I, I was toying with it a little bit and then I had an aha moment after that last project and we went in and, you know, I got a team together, I got a designer to help with some design assets. I have a marketing person that helps with all the marketing and then a scrum master and myself, so the four of us really worked together on what this program will look like. Um, we went through and developed a core curriculum, and then we thought, you know what? That's good. That's great. That'll cover everything. But what about if someone has specifics? Uh, so one of our clients, they said, well, can you teach developers how to give better presentations? Really? Yeah. That's a slam dunk. We can totally do that. Um, the, the one number one tip: know your audience. So, so simple things like that that make a big difference. Um, that that's where we're trying to hit, um, trying to help people with those things that seem obvious to other people, but but maybe it's not obvious to them.
1: You're in MVP stage still. What sort of decisions and trade-offs are you making as you build this program, or as you you know as you kick it off, and you know I, I'm thinking about like. You know, okay, this program needs to focus on this, or we can make this program this way now because we're just starting, um, or, you know, we have to do it this way because it's a trade off. Tell me about some of those and how you're coping with those decisions.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great question because a lot of times, you know, having lived in tech for so long, we love building stuff, right? We love building stuff that we don't even need, but we want to build it. We love to build things. So, I had to kind of turn that off a little bit. Uh, you know, I thought, oh, we can get this website. We can have like a, a forum. We can have all these different cool things on the website. Like, no, our website right now is literally two HTML pages and some CSS and images. So we totally stripped that down. We don't even have a content management system yet because we are, want, we are focusing on the needs of the customers, not the needs of what we need, what we want, what think we think would be cool. Uh, just with the program itself we we stubbed out you know it's a six month program so we have two slide decks for every other week two slide decks a month i mean so that's only 12 slide decks that's all we've created so far everything else will be custom based on what the specific needs of the customer are so i think that's That's really the key of an MVP, right? Just throw it out there, see what sticks, see what people need, and adjust from there. We don't need to build a huge, massive product or a huge, massive program. We need to build just the bare bones, what we absolutely need for the program.
1: So once you figure out what is sticking, right? So you're still in MVP stage right now. But eventually, you're going to get some traction with this, and you, you probably already are getting traction. How are you going to progress the program? How are you going to mature it? And um, how are you going to approach progressing it? You know how do you how do you build a program roadmap? How do you evolve your program?
0: The main key for me is the people, the people I work with. So we'll need to have more team members. We'll need to have more coaches. We'll need to have maybe a little bit of technology in the mix as well. Maybe we want to do some pre-recorded sessions so that we can share those with, with current, with new customers. Uh, and to grow it, you know, how do I get myself so that I'm not the bottleneck? That's really what it comes down to. You know, I can go on podcasts. I can coach here and there, but once it gets to a certain point, I'm not going to be able to do, everything I want. So I need to have people that are even better than me at what I'm doing to come in and help me.
1: So this will be interesting So this is a separate program or separate business focus from front range systems. Is that correct?
0: It is. Yeah. Front range systems. We do software consulting. So, you know, we we get in there with the best of them, Uh, but then the code program is the coaching program and I am treating this as an entirely different, different business because the marketing is different. The approach is different. Our audience is different. Everything is completely different. So this is definitely outside of my comfort zone and definitely something that we really had to work hard to make sure we have the right mindset around building it and marketing it and selling it.
1: So because it's a separate entity, how are you going about building your team? And, and, and what are you looking for in those people to indicate that they're the winning horses to join you in code program?
0: Well, when I hire anyone, I don't need another me. That's like my marketing person. She's awesome and she's definitely not me. She's a lot younger than me, a lot more hip into the marketing things that we need for marketing. So if I were to hire someone like myself, uh, we would miss the vote. So that's one thing I look for. I look at what the strengths are of the team, where we have gaps, if anywhere, where we want to accentuate any strengths, um, you know, if we need another marketing person involving my current marketing person in the interview process. So I think, you know, the the team is really the most important thing to build. And it's really hard to hire good people. So that's why we... We always do our best to ask good questions, have more people involved in interviews, and, and just have a trial run if we need to, if we're unsure about something.
1: Sure. That makes sense on the trial run. With, with the questions, so you said ask a good question. Give me an example of what a good question is
0: in an interview. One question I always ask, I think I read this in a book or something, is how weird are you on a scale of one to ten? <laughs> because <laughs> we don't need zeros and ones. We don't need people that are tens, because that's sometimes a little too weird. But you know, we we want people that, okay, I'm weird. Everyone's weird to a certain degree. So we want people that are confident in themselves and are comfortable in their own skin. And know, I'm kind of kooky in certain things, and I'm okay with it.
1: Let's touch on scalability. So this will be interesting. because it's, right now it's an MVP, it's highly customized. You're, you are going to end up progressing the product and it's not technology. But there is going to be a scaling factor when, you know, once once this, this hits the upward trajectory in the product um, uh, tr- uh, product um, life cycle, that's what I was looking for. How are you approaching scaling the program and how are you going to fight this as you grow?
0: Yeah, we've, we've given that some thought as well. Scaling is interesting. You know, everyone, you know, at one point I, I had a goal of building a hundred million, hundred million dollar company. I don't really have that goal anymore because that's a different beast. I like, I like the goal of building a company big enough to support the needs of our clients. So looking at that, let's say, you know, we have a thousand people that want to be a participant, participate in this coaching program, you, you know, 200 teams of five or something like that. How would we manage that? Well, we definitely need to hire more people. Um, my thought process is to have two, uh, is to have two sessions a week that are the core curriculum and everyone goes through those, those are the core curriculum. So we would have three sessions going at once, uh, and schedule those every other month. So that kind of eliminates a lot of the need for a big team right there. Then with the customized sessions, we would have, you know, enough coaches on that team to support the number of people that are on there. Maybe we need to split it out into different sessions and things like that. So you're just keeping it, keeping scale in mind. It's really easy to blow it out of proportion. And once again, try to build things that you don't need, but just trying to keep it simple, trying to grow as you need to, and just trying to be smart about it.
1: So, As you step out on the balcony and you look across all you've built,
0: what are you most proud of? Well, I, I think I'm proud, obviously of my family. That's always the the top priority, but you know, with, with a code program, it's really something that can make an impact on other people. People spend a lot of time at work. You know, they don't leave because they're not getting paid enough. Money is almost never the reason it's always the people they work with. So trying to make that a, the best environment possible. That way they can enjoy their work and then when they go home for the day, they don't need to stress about it.
1: Well, let's flip the script a little bit. Tell me about a mistake you made and how you and your team responded to it.
0: One mistake always comes to mind when I hear of that. I was working as a junior developer and I was working on the internet and someone needed something, I needed to delete someone because they had a duplicate record or something like that. I forgot the where clause. So I deleted all the people in the database and this was in production. So we go to the database guy. I'm like, hey, can we restore from a backup? He's like, well, that would be great if we had one. The latest backup was a month old. So that's always resonated with me because the way we handled it is we increased our backup strategy. We improved it and you know made it better going forward. So that's kind of how I look at mistakes: is how can we improve upon this going forward? The mistake is done; it's already been made. How do we make it better?
1: What process do you go through? Is there any sort of formal process you go through to make that happen? Um, any sort of, you know, retro or um, specific code program or front range systems process that you go through to ensure that you know you learn from those mistakes and they don't happen again.
0: Yeah. So in software projects, we always, we, we do scrum, uh, we have scrum certified scrum masters. I'm certified. We have, we have several other people. So we always go through the, the, the meetings, right. You're, that you're supposed to, the sprint, sprint planning, the retrospective and, and things like that. That's always a good place. Um, but you know, with a couple of those difficult projects, we also just decompressed. We just got on a call and kind of brainstormed how we can do better. We vented a little bit and, we moved on. That's the biggest part moving on and not looking back with any regret. You know, we did our best let's move on and let's do even better for the next project.
1: What does the future look like for a code program, the product and for your team?
0: Well, I'm, I'm excited for it. I think this is just such a missing piece in the industry right now. You know, we, we, we know how to run projects But do we know how to run teams? Do we know how to take care of people? Do we know how to say thank you? Do we know how to, you know, make people feel welcome at work? It's starting to become, you know, my marketing person went to a, a meeting, like a luncheon and she was talking to people and they said, yeah, we can't provide what the next generation of workers need. And that, that's an interesting statement because you know, what did I need when I, I just wanted money and right, because if someone stopped paying me, I'm not going to go anymore because I have bills to pay. So that's, that's one piece of it. And then I want people I can work with. I want smart people. That was probably the top thing for me. So I want smart people to work with. Um, and I want, you know, an environment where I can, su- <clears throat> I want environment where I can succeed. So I think, My needs are a lot different than people, um, my marketing person's needs are. So, so to make that cultural transformation in an organization, I think that's going to be huge for a lot of companies. And once they get that and keep going with it, you know, they'll get the top talent over anyone else. So
1: let's switch to you, Matt, who influences the way that you work? name a ceo cto architect really any person you look up to and why
0: well my dad taught me great work ethic you know he was he was really good at, at getting stuff done um, in the tech industry I, I don't really have any one person but you know i just like listening to those tech talks and seeing someone's confidence seeing someone's knowledge seeing their wisdom and and learning from that like I, I, yeah, I can't learn enough. There's so much out there. No one can know everything, so I think just just you know just listening to those those leaders that have gone before us, um, it, it really has a good impact on me.
1: I mean, we talked about you know a mistake and how you approach mistakes, but a little bit different spin. If you go back to the beginning, what would you do differently, or where would you consider taking a different approach?
0: It's interesting to go back. Um, it's almost like a time travel movie. Like if you could go back and change one little thing and it affects the whole future. I don't know that that exists really. And look, I I wish I could have had the wisdom to start this coaching program earlier, but then thinking of that, well, how could I have gained the wisdom without the experience? How could we have a program? Maybe there wasn't a need 10 years ago. So maybe that idea would have just gone dormant and we wouldn't have it today. So, That's that's a really tough one, but I think that's one thing that I wish I could have had the program idea earlier so that I could have have made a bigger impact on more teams.
1: Well, last question, Matt. So you're getting on a plane and you're sitting next to a young entrepreneur who's built the next big thing. They're jazzed about it. They can't wait to show it off to the world. Can't wait to show it off to you right there on the plane. What advice do you give that person having gone down this road a bit?
0: Yeah, I, I think that's That's also a great question because a lot of the next big thing to me, sound like a dumb idea. (laughs) Sure. There are a lot of people like that too, right? So that's what I would tell him. I said, don't listen to anyone, just focus, put your head down, make your product as good as you can. Don't do all the bells and whistles, but just get around, get people around you that believe in the cause as much as you do and go kill it.
1: That's great advice. Well, Matt, thank you for being on the show today. Thank you for telling the creation story of Code Program.
0: Yeah, thanks. I sure appreciate it.
1: And this concludes another chapter of Code Story. Code Story is hosted and produced by Noah Laphart. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the podcasting app of your choice. Support the show on patreon.com slash code story for just five to ten bucks a month.